Welcome to Classic Comedy of Old Time Radio. I'm your host, Ron Ecklebarger. Here we go with another Bob Hope show. This is episode number 528, which originally aired on April 1st, 1952. Here now is Bob Hope with his special guest, Claudette Colbert. Chesterfields are much milder with an extraordinarily good taste and no unpleasant aftertaste. They satisfy millions. Good evening, folks. A big hello. We're here to start the Bob Hope Show. Lots of laughs and plenty of fun. So settle back with a milder one. Sound off. For Chesterfield. Sound off. For Chesterfield. Try a pack of Chesterfield. Do it. Today. Chesterfield presents the Bob Hope Show. Direct from the United States Marine Supply Depot in Barstow, California. Transcribed with Les Brown and his band of renown. For Chesterfield's yours truly, High Everback. Joanne Greer and our special guest, Miss Claudette Colbert. And here he is, Bob Hope! Ladies and gentlemen, here we are. Here I am in Barstow for Chesterfields and the men of the U.S. Marine Supply Depot. And I want you Marines to know this isn't the first time I've played a dump. <laughs> yes, sir, this Marine base is very important to the West Coast. It carries all the supplies that are vitally necessary to our fighting men. No kidding. Did you ever see a warehouse full of dice? <laughs> It's easy to see where they keep them. It's two square buildings with dots on them. <laughs> they told me the Marines here can do amazing things with machinery, but I didn't believe it until I found out the one guy here is building his own whack. <laughs> A congressman has been out here today taking pictures of me telling jokes at the camp. First, I was flattered, then I found out he's using the pictures as an argument to get servicemen more paid. <laughs> they took a preliminary vote on the salary raise last week, and it was quite interesting. 99 congressmen voted yes, 48 voted no, and a bartender from Victorville just showed up and prayed. <laughs> Salary tonic men, huh? <laughs> but I think that President Truman has to okay the raise. Best refuses to sew any more patches on General Bradley's pants. <laughs> and one sergeant told me today the pay he gets now is just chicken feed. I think that's what he meant. He said it's for the birds. <laughs> When Churchill heard about the pay boost, he was really surprised. It was the first time he'd hear of Washington giving money to Americans. <laughs> and speaking of cutting the budget, Washington just cut $5 billion from the Air Force budget. 
All I can say is it's going to be mighty embarrassing when we see our pilots going down the runway flapping their arms. <laughs> of course... I can understand it because Washington is so busy with the elections, it's still a little too early for kissing babies, but every morning the Republican candidates get together and compare puckers. <laughs> and this time the Republicans are sure they're going to win. And why not? They've got a candidate for every voter. <laughs> Senator Taft feels pretty confident. The other day it rained in Washington, and Mrs. Taft phoned Margaret and told her to close the windows in the White House. That sneaks up on you, doesn't it? <laughs> you kind of hate yourself for not moving out of the way. <laughs> Eisenhower hasn't done any campaigning yet, but he no longer calls the soldiers G.I.s. Now he just says, fellow voters. <laughs> That's right, folks. The mask is off in cigarette advertising. Chesterfield is first to name all of its ingredients. The right combination of the world's best tobaccos, pre-tested by laboratory instruments for the most desirable smoking qualities. Chesterfield keeps these tobaccos tasty and fresh with tried and tested moistening agents. Pure natural sugars. Chemically pure, harmless, far more costly glycerol. Only these are entirely safe for use in the mouth as proved by over 40 years of continuous use in tobacco products. Remember, the world's best tobaccos, pure natural sugars, costly glycerol, nothing else. And your Chesterfield is wrapped in pure white cigarette paper, the best that money can buy. We name our ingredients because we think every smoker ought to know what makes Chesterfield the best possible smoke. What makes Chesterfield much milder with an extraordinarily good taste and no unpleasant aftertaste? Visit your dealer and sound off for Chesterfield. They satisfy millions. Ladies and gentlemen, many people wonder how Bob keeps up the tremendous pace that he sets for himself. Well, I have quite a bit to do with that because I'm in charge of Bob's schedule. For instance, early this morning, I walked into Bob's bedroom to read to him the list of the day's activities. And following your press conference and newsreel shot, you have one and a half minutes to change clothes. Then you rush to the airport with motorcycle escort and take off for the Marine Supply Depot at Barstow. The orchestra and the Chesterfield players have been synchronized to arrive at the same minute. Well, Bob, does all that meet with your approval? <laughs> oh, no, Bob, Bob, wake up. Don't hit me. I've had enough, I tell you. Don't hit me. Don't hit me again. Huh? Well, Bob... What in the world were you dreaming about? Oh, I thought I was in Las Vegas playing blackjack. <laughs> well, you better get dressed, Bob. Isn't this the day we go to the Marine base at Barstow? Well, I'm not sure, huh? I didn't get an answer to the letter I wrote to Colonel Hanson. I'd better get him on the phone right now. Colonel Hanson, this is Bob Hope calling. Bob Hope? That's right. What's the matter with you? Do you realize that it's almost 9.30 a.m.? (laughs) 
Well, what about it? Never wake up a Marine this early in the morning. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Colonel. I do hope that I didn't ring loud enough to wake up the boys in the barracks. <laughs> but, Colonel, I'm calling about the letter I wrote you about my coming down and performing for your Marine. Oh, yes, Bob. Well, to tell the truth, I haven't read your letter yet, but I will. It's, well, it's right here. Let me see now. Dear Colonel Hanson, I would like to work, you know, and I have a lot of new jokes here. Oh, excuse me for taking so long, Bob, but it's kind of hard to read through the bars. What bars? I put your letter in the bottom of the canary's cage. <laughs> Tell me the size of the birdcage and I'll send you Crosby's picture. <laughs> well, I was just fooling, Bob. We'll all be looking forward to seeing you. Oh, fine, Colonel. We'll be there. So long. Hey, that's great, Bob. When do we start? Oh, in about an hour high. I made an appointment to go to the blood bank this morning. Oh, gee, not again. Why not? Well, after all, Bob, 18 pints of blood in a month, isn't that overdoing it? Well, not at all. Hi, you can't put a limit on a wonderful cause like this. Roll up your sleeve and let's get started. Gee, it's nice to see so many people donating. We ought to get waited on in a minute. Say, look at this beautiful nurse coming toward us. Hello, Bob. Well, Claudette Colbert. only a girl. <laughs> Gee, Claudette, I, I didn't know you were a nurse down here. Well, I'm really not, Bob. I just help out when they're short-handed. But now, look, you're, you're down here every other day. You know, it's a wonderful thing, but 18 pints of blood in a month. Oh, that's too much. It can lead to weakness and dizziness and, and even fainting spells. Oh, gee, I'm glad you told me that. Hi. Yes? Get me a chair. I don't feel very well. <laughs> Bob, let's stop kidding. We know that while you take all the bows, it's Ty Averbach who's been giving the blood. <laughs> well, what makes you think so? Well, every time a Marine gets a transfusion of it, he stands up and yells, Buy a pack of Chesterfields, do it today. <laughs> Thank you. Your carton is in the mail. <laughs> but you're wrong, Claudette. I've done some donating on my own. Get my card out of the file there, and I'll show you. All right. Uh-huh. There's a record of your blood donation, but it was shipped out quite a while back. Oh, really? Well, who'd they send it to? Dewey. He had quite a few wounded at Manila Bay. <laughs> Where does it say that? I want... <laughs> right here. Oh, good. For a moment, your paycheck was hanging in the balance. <laughs> Now, stop kidding, Claudette. I'm as patriotic as anybody. In case you don't know, I served in the last war with the Coast Guard. I was intelligence officer in charge of geodetic oceanography. What did you do? Well, when the tide came in, I stood on the beach and yelled, Here it comes again. <laughs> and I 
came out of it with their highest decoration, the Order of the Coast Patrol. It's a beautiful thing. The gold star with a cluster of wet clams. <laughs> anyway, Claudette, now that I'm here, shouldn't I... Oh, just... Bob, uh, can I speak to you for a moment? Oh, sure. Excuse me, Claudette. What is it, Hyde? Well, well, I was just thinking, as long as we're going down to Barstow, why don't you talk to Miss Colbert and see how she feels about coming along to add to the entertainment? Oh, a swell idea. Hey, Claudette. Yes, Bob? I forgot to tell you that I'm on my way to Barstow to the U.S. Marine Base. Oh, I think and... that's wonderful, Bob. Oh, this is good news for everybody in the entertainment business. Really? Yes. When did you get your induction notice? <laughs> You don't understand, Claudette. I'm going down to do a show for the boys. The reason I mentioned it, I thought you might like to appear there with us. Oh, well, I'd love to, Bob. It sounds like a lot of fun. Oh. Well, it'll be swell, Miss Colbert. Look, I I'm driving to Barstow. If you like, you can ride with me. Oh, that's fine. Uh, you know, I wouldn't know where to find Barstow. The moment I get out of Hollywood, I'm completely lost. You are? Yeah. Then you can ride with me. <laughs> soon can you leave, Claudette? Well, right after I tell the doctor I'm leaving. Oh, doctor? Yes, Miss Colbert? I've just taken my last donation. Here, doctor, it's some of that double Z type. The double Z type? Wonderful. I've been waiting for some of that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, doctor, I'm the one who gave the blood. <laughs> Look, but I, I, I didn't know my kind was so desirable. Oh, very desirable. Of course, to be frank with you, we don't use it for the Army, Navy, or Marines. Well, then what do you do with it? I give it to my little boy. For his birthday, he got a water pistol. <laughs> And here is Joanne Greer singing her latest Decca recording, Mr. Pessimist. Mr. Pessimist said, Don't try to build a plane like a bird, cause it won't fly. But people are dumb, and so what did some fool do? He built a plane and he flew. Mr. Pessimist said, no, sir. Without a horse, that old wagon won't go, sir. Some guy couldn't hear, so he took a steering wheel and made an automobile. It's Seems that some folks are just plain stubborn. Their heads must be filled with hay. Show them something can't be done, and they go to it anyway. Mr. Pessimist said, Don't work. You'll only wear yourself out, and it won't work. But Edison Love worked all day and half the night. Show the people the light. It seems that some folks are just plain stubborn. Their heads must be filled with hay. Show them something can't be done, and they go do it anyway. Mr. Pessimist kept screaming. He said that me getting you was just dreaming. But I didn't fall for all those false alarms. And here you are in my arms, so if you are ever. 
Pessimist out. From Mr. Pessimist out. Remember this. Chesterfield is first to name all of its ingredients. The world's best tobaccos, pure natural sugars, costly glycerol, nothing else. And Chesterfield gives you every advantage known to modern science. They're made by experts in the newest and most modern cigarette factories. They're supervised by experts in our Chesterfield laboratories, where our chemists, with the help of outside independent consultants, including scientists from leading universities, make sure that Chesterfield contains only ingredients that give you the best possible smoke. So ask your dealer for Chesterfields. Do it today. Go down to your dealer, hurry run. Ask him for the milder one, much milder with a better taste. No unpleasant aftertaste. Sound off. Or Chesterfield. Sound off. Or Chesterfield. Try a pack of Chesterfields. Do it. Today. Okay, hi. We're ready to start the play we're putting on this evening. Announce it and put some enthusiasm into it this time, will you? Read it bright, happy, and jolly. <laughs> okay. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, the Chesterfield entertainers present their version of that current Broadway hit, Caesar and Cleopatra, starring Bob Hope. <laughs> <laughs> Kid, watch yourself. You'll be back on the job you had when I found you. Navigator for a floating crap game. <laughs> well, now, Bob, I don't understand this play you're doing tonight. Why did you pick Shakespeare, Caesar, and Cleopatra? Well, I'll let you in on a little secret, hi. Claudette Colbert is leaving for England this week to do a picture, and so far she hasn't chosen her leading man. Isn't that a break? Oh, it certainly is. I do a wonderful British. Listen. This is England's darkest hour, but be of good cheer. The sun never sets upon the British Empire. We shall fight to defend every shining jewel in Her Majesty's crown. How was that, Bob? That's wonderful. It sounded like Princess Margaret talking through a wet crumpet. <laughs> now get lost, Ty. Here comes Claudette, and I want to get things started. Play? Yes, but I want to talk to you about something else first, Claudette. I understand you're going to England to do a picture. That's right. Well, I understand you haven't chosen your leading man yet. Now, I don't want to talk about myself. <laughs> but you will, won't you? <laughs> well, Claudette, this is about my career. I've known you quite a while, and I'm going to be honest with you. I don't want to be a comedian. Oh, Bob, don't stop now when you're getting so close. <laughs> I haven't lost this many times in a row since my last love scene with Jane Russell. <laughs> and Waterfield walked in. <laughs> I, I'm sure you have a lot of dramatic talent, Bob, but the, the picture I'm going to make is an English picture. You see, my problem is to find someone with an authentic British accent. I wonder where I could find somebody like that. This is England's darkest hour. We shall try to defend every shining jewel in Her Majesty's Hi, hi. Don't pay any attention, Claudette. This kid has flipped his tea bag. 
But let's get started with our play. Do you have the script of Caesar and Cleopatra, Claudette? No, Bob. I gave it to Colonel Hanson. He wanted to... Oh, here he comes now. Oh, here's the script, Bob. I hope you won't mind my borrowing it. I wanted to look it over. Look it over, Colonel? Why? Well, just routine. As commanding officer, I wanted to make sure there weren't any words in there that these Marines shouldn't hear. Oh, well, that's fine. I certainly wouldn't want to offend any of the sergeants present. Incidentally, Bob, I took the liberty of rewriting a few lines. Some of them wouldn't have been very interesting to Marines. Oh, well, I can understand that. You see, Shakespeare was in the Navy. <laughs> but if you change the play a little bit to make it more entertaining to the fellows, I'm all for it. Let's do it, Claudette. Last a little music, please. And now, one of the great love stories of all time, Caesar and Cleopatra. Caesar has conquered all the known world to win the love of Cleopatra. As the curtain rises, we find him with his manservant preparing for a rendezvous with the Queen of the Nile. Regard me, knave. Am I not the handsomest man in all Egypt? Ah, the beautiful women who have thrown themselves at my feet. What women, sire? Well, Dagmar, just to name a few. Get on with it, Aurelius. The queen awaits me. I shall make all haste, sire. I have rubbed thy head with oil of balm, thy chest with oil of lotus, thy feet and thy limbs with oil of pine. What can I do for thee now, sire? Crank me down and let me off the grease rack. <laughs> Be sure that the baskets we take to Cleopatra are loaded with the rarest delicacies. Dates from Smyrna, figs from Syria, pomegranates from Corsica, grapes, citrus, papayas, and Persian melons. The queen is a dilettante among gourmets. She's a what, sir? A chow hound. <laughs> chow hound? Where did that line come from? <laughs> That's one of the lines I changed, Bob. <laughs> I thought it might be more interesting to the boys. <laughs> Oh, I see, Colonel. <laughs> Thanks, a big heap. <laughs> I go now. Cleopatra, the flower of the Nile, awaits me. Cornelia? Yes, my queen. Who awaits at the portal? Methinks to Caesar. The guard is about to announce him. Announcing Julius Caesar. Lord of Corinth. Lord of Rome and Lord of Bastidon. I'm also Lord of Santa Anita. <laughs> oh, what a feast for mine eyes thou art, O oh noble. Is it verily thou? Is it truly thou? Yes, it's Mao. <laughs> Tis I, known to the Romans as Julius Pontifus Maximus, Tiberius, Apollonius Fluvius Octavius Praetor, and always by Chesterfield. <laughs> Methinks that somehow thou dost look different tonight, Caesar. Well, I was hoping you'd notice it, Cleo. It is because of the gifts thou gave me from the New World. How do they look? Oh, Caesar, thou art not supposed to wear them as earrings. Those are Silex coffee pots. <laughs> 
I thought they went very well with my glass slippers. But I'm remiss in my hospitality. You shall dine sumptuously, Caesar. What wouldst thou like? Well, three pheasants boiled in goat's milk, four barbecued pigs, a whale steak, a broiled boar's head, a dozen sheep cooked medium well, and a half a slice of rye crisp. A half a slice of rye crisp? Remember, I'm on a diet. Oh, yes, thou must keep that noble figure since thou art the greatest, the most handsome athlete of our time. Natch. <laughs> Where didst thou get thy broad biceps? Hurling the distance. Where didst thou get thy broad shoulders? Throwing the javelin. And where didst thou get thy broad... Sliding down pyramids. <laughs> thou art tonight, how silken thy tresses, how red thy lips, and thine eyes, ah, thine eyes, shine like a mess kid on inspection day. <laughs> a mess kid on inspection day? That's another line I changed, Bob. <laughs> oh, I never would have known. <laughs> And to think we had an offer from Camp Irwin. <laughs> I wonder if the Colonel writes over there. <laughs> Caesar, come close to me, my sweet. We waste time. And minutes are, <laughs> minutes are like precious jewels. Mmm. Yeah. Behind my left ear, there is the fragrance of rose. Thy hair has the scent of heliotrope. And... <laughs> And thy right ear has the perfume of hyacinth. Yes, I'm test pilot for taboo. <laughs> Caesar. Caesar, I have revealed to my subjects that we are pledged. This is Egypt's greatest moment. My subjects too rejoice. This is Rome's happiest day. This is England's darkest hour. Embrace me, Caesar. Let me kiss thee as thou hast never been kissed before. Here. What's that sound? The coffee in the silex is percolating. Curtain, say, Claudette, I know all these Marines here at Barstow appreciate your coming down here today, and you know how I feel about it. I loved it, Bob. You know, Claudette, I've never done Shakespeare before, and I don't want to brag, but how about my acting? Wasn't that something? It was something, but it wasn't acting. <laughs> He's always kidding. Oh, Colonel Hanson, 
You know, I wrote that sketch all by myself. Did you know I wrote it all by myself? Well, no, I didn't, Bob. Well, I did, and I got a lot more. Some of them are even better than that one. I'll tell you what I'm going to do, Colonel. Isn't this a jolly idea? I'll come down here every week and put on one of these plays that I wrote, starring me, of course. Uh, isn't that a peachy idea? Hmm? Well, Colonel, what do you think of it? This is Barstow's Darkest Hour. <laughs> Thanks for the memory of the Marine Corps everywhere, on land and sea and air. When we have a foe, it's nice to know the Marines are always there. Yes, we thank them so much. I want to thank everybody for the help here at Barstow today. Thanks to Colonel H.D. Hanson, Major A.C. Searfoss, Lieutenant Dudley Perkins, Sergeant Jerry Epstein for that food keeping it hot at all times, and all the boys here at Barstow that gave us great cooperation today. Just remember, friends, Chesterfields are much milder, with an extraordinarily good taste, and from the report of a well-known research organization, Chesterfield leaves no unpleasant aftertaste. They satisfy millions. Be sure to listen to the Bob Hope Show next week in San Luis Obispo, California, with our special guests, Jane Russell and Jerry Colonna. Chesterfield is brought to the Bob Hope Show, written by Marvin Fisher, Norman Sullivan, and Larry Klein, and transcribed direct from Barstow, California. Emilie Claudette Chauchouan was born in 1903 in France. Her family moved to the United States when she was three. She planned on becoming a fashion designer, but after her friend got her a bit part in a Broadway play, she began getting more and more acting roles. This is when she took to using her middle name, Claudette, and her maternal grandmother's maiden name, Colbert, as her stage name. From 1924 to 1927, she was in a lot of plays and kept getting larger and larger roles. In 1928, she was signed by Paramount Pictures, who were looking for stage actresses who could talk as well as act, because silent films were on their way out and the new talking movies were on their way in. Cecil B. DeMille cast her as the femme fatale in the 1932 historical epic The Sign of the Cross, opposite Frederick March and Charles Lawton. It was a huge box office hit. Then, in 1934, she won the Best Actress Oscar for her performance opposite Clark Gable in It Happened One Night. Her success caused her to be the highest-paid female actress in Hollywood in the late 1930s and early 40s. She was in tons of movies, like the 1939 It's a Wonderful World with Jimmy Stewart, also in 1939 Drums Along the Mohawk with Henry Fonda, in 1943, she was in So Proudly We Hail with Paulette Goddard, Veronica Lake, and George Reeves. In 1945, with John Don Amici, she starred in the movie Guest Wife. She also starred opposite John Wayne in the movie Without Reservations in 1946. Then in 1947, she was in probably my favorite movie, that she was ever in. It was a romantic co comedy called The Egg and I. She made that movie with Fred McMurray as her leading man, and 
she actually made a total of seven movies with Fred McMurray, but I highly recommend The Egg and I. In the 60s, 70s, and 80s, she returned to Broadway and also made quite a few TV appearances. In 1999, the American Film Institute named Colbert the 12th greatest female star of classic Hollywood cinema. Claudette Colbert died in 1996. She was 92. Please send your questions and comments to host at classiccomedyotr.com. Come back next Wednesday for another episode of The Bob Hope Show and check in on Friday for the next installment of The Life of Riley. Until we meet again, in the words of Frederick Nietzsche, is not life a hundred times too short for us to bore ourselves? <laughs>